You're listening to the City Hope Church podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today, and we hope this can inspire you and build your faith. Enjoy the message. Today, we are capping off this series, Christmas Playlist, and I am doing something that is totally (laughs) against who I am as a person uh, today, and that is the fact that we are still talking about Christmas a day after Christmas, <laughs> and uh, if, if you know me, when Christmas is over at my house, like, Christmas is over. Like, I'm ready to pack up the tree yesterday. Like, we, we got the presents out from under the tree. It goes back in the garage today, you know? Like, I'm just one of those, and you might call me a Scrooge or whatever, but I'm just kind of ball humbug about, you know, like, I, I love Christmas until it's over, and now let's, let's just get on with our lives, right? But anyway, so uh, I, I'm the type that's like, uh, you know, when, <laughs> when Christmas is over, I don't want to listen to any. Christmas music anymore. You know, like it's all over. And uh, we were playing some Christmas music in our lobbies and I'm, I'm just, I'm stressed about it. <laughs> so today, this service is the last time I got to talk about Christmas this year. Uh, no, I love Christmas, but yeah, anyway, today we are capping off this series and uh, we're looking at the final Christmas song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And I really, I've got a short message for you today. And I just want to give you three big thoughts to go home with. And I think they're powerful thoughts that if you leave with these today, I think you can leave with a, maybe a new perspective from this past year and hopefully a better perspective for 2022. And uh, so three thoughts. In fact, I had fun at the first service. Let's just do it again at the second service here. I want you to repeat after me. Can you all repeat with me? Repeat after me. Everybody say, God is. God, is. God was. God was. God will be. Can you say it louder? Say, God is. God was. God will be. That's what we're talking about today. We're going to be talking about how God is, God was, and God will be with us. And that's really what Emmanuel means. It just simply means with us. But before we get into that, I want to talk to you a little bit more about the song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. This song is a very, very old song. It is a song that dates back between the 8th and 12th century, everybody. This is a, this is a very old song. And uh, it was a, actually a tradition in the Catholic Church. In fact, uh, the Catholic Church still somewhat practices this tradition today. That uh, they would read a psalm. And they would, they would read a psalm together. And after the psalm, there was a chant at the end of the psalm. And so if you've been to a traditional service, not, and this is kind of adapted, so it's not just with the Catholics, but I know even uh, growing up Lutheran, I, I understood some of this, that we would read a psalm and then we would sing a little chant after it. And, and most of the time, the chants start with, oh. And so what they would do is they would read the psalm, and then afterwards they would start this chant, and one of the chants that came from it was, Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. Love that. I should be on the praise team. Uh, <laughs> Maggie won't let me. Jeez. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, but yeah, it, they, would, they would sing. They, after they would read the psalm, they would sing something that would start with an O. And that, that came from this song. And then the psalm, or the song literally evolved from there and became this full O, O come, O come, Emmanuel, that we know. And during that era... Uh, that, that line really birthed this song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Now, today I want to really focus on what Emmanuel means, because the whole song is focused on this idea that God, that Jesus is Emmanuel. Here's what Emmanuel means, if you're taking notes. It just simply means God with us. God with us. I got a question for you this morning. 
How many of you have ever prayed even just the simplest prayer like this? God, would you just be with me? God, be with me. And maybe you start your day like that. You know, I, I, I start my day like that. God, be with me today as I go and do this. God, be with me as I go and do that. Maybe for you this holiday season, it was literally, God, be with me as I pile all my kids in the car and we go to grandma so-and-so's house and let me not kill them in the backseat, right? <laughs> like, be with me, Lord. And, 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 you know, as funny as that is, we, we, we pray these prayers all the time, right? God, be with me. And maybe, maybe you were like me and had to go get a couple last-minute Christmas gifts. God, be with me. Lord, be with me as I help uh, and help me find a parking spot, right? Like I really need it today. Or be with me as I take this final exam. God, would you be with me as I go to work today? God, would you? And we pray these prayers. God, be with me. And I was thinking this week, what in the world does that actually mean? I guess we're easy to say, yeah, God, be with me. But I can't physically see God, right? I mean, I I know he's there, but like I can't physically see him. What does it mean for God to be with us? Well, to show you that today, I want to look at some scripture. In fact, we're going to read the, the, some classic Christmas scripture today, the day after Christmas. We're going to read some classic Christmas scripture. And uh, I want to show you what it means for God to be with us. Matthew writes it like this. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, if you've got your Bibles, uh, you can follow along with us. Uh, Matthew, Matthew, if you know a little bit about Matthew before we read scripture here, in Matthew's gospel, Matthew writes his whole book about Jesus. He writes it to the Jewish people because he's trying to convince the Jewish people that Jesus is the person that they've waited on They're all for all these centuries, for thousands and thousands of years. The Jewish people have waited for a savior. And Matthew is trying to convince the Jewish people that Jesus is that person, that he is the savior that they have been waiting on. He's the awaited savior. And here's what Matthew says. He says, he's talking about Mary here. He says, Mary, she's going to give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And it says, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. So Matthew stops here. Matthew says these things. He says, Jesus is going to come and he's going to save the people from their sins. And then Matthew's like, okay, I did my homework. Let me show you the backup proof that I have of this. And so he quotes, here's what he he quotes from Isaiah chapter, he quotes from Isaiah chapter seven, verse 14, which was, by the way, This Isaiah 7.14 was written 740 years before Jesus was born. This is a long time. Over seven centuries before the birth of Jesus was literally told. And look at what Isaiah says. He quotes from Isaiah. He says, the virgin will, will be with child and she will give birth to a son. And they will call him, what? Emmanuel. Which means God with us. You know, if this was a movie right now, if this scripture was a movie, the soundtrack right about now would be something like, da, 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 you know, like, like, because this was a, a, an epic moment. This was an earth shattering moment because to the Jewish people who Matthew is writing to forever, the whole, read the whole Old Testament. The whole Old Testament describes this God who is distant, who is far away, 
who's very holy. In fact, the Old Testament talks about a God who, if you would just look at him and, and, and if you would just get in his presence, you couldn't even look at him or you would die. And the Jewish people know that that's who God is. He's some great big God. He's some holy, some huge, holy God that we don't even, we, we, we can't even know. And for Matthew to say that all of a sudden, that God is now with us, it's mind-blowing to these Jewish people. It's mind-blowing to the people at the time. They couldn't even believe it because they, they would have grown up knowing stories about, about people like Moses, who the Bible talks about that when Moses, when God passed by Moses, Moses had to hide his face from the Lord. He couldn't be in the presence of God or he would die. They would know stories about how no one was allowed in the temple into the Holy of Holies. There was only one high priest that was allowed into the Holy of Holies once a year to go in there. And they, and, and they were literally so worried about the high priest going into the presence of God, into the place where God dwelled, that they literally tied a rope to his leg, made him wear like some type of jingle bells. He had to wear bells so that they would know that he was moving in there. And if the bells ever stopped, they knew that he died in the presence of God and they would have to drag him out with the rope. That's how powerful... That's how mighty God is. That's how mighty he still, he still is, and that's how mighty he was. That's how they would have viewed God. God was just that big. But now, all of a sudden, Matthew comes with this mind-blowing verse that that same God that you've heard all about is now with us. He's with you. And I was thinking about how powerful that is and how much, honestly, we today, we take that for granted. The fact that God is with us. In fact, I was just, you ever just stop and think about like your Christmas traditions? You ever think about some of the things that you do around Christmas and, and you ever reread? So like, so every year we read the story of Christmas together, right? And it's a beautiful moment. And I was thinking about this year, like, man, what is... I, uh, what, what is really, like, when you really think about the story of Christmas, there's this angel that comes to the shepherds and tells the shepherds to go follow this star and find this baby. I was like, what would motivate a group of shepherds to leave their flocks and go find this baby? What would motivate someone to do that? You know what motivated them? The fact that a distant God, a powerful God, this God that they would have known about, is not just some big God up in the sky, but the fact that he's now with us. You know what? That would motivate them to take the journey to see what that's all about. I was thinking about what would motivate these wise men to leave to bring treasure chests of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. What would motivate them to take at least, we don't know how long their journey was, but we know it was at least about two years. What would motivate them to take a two-year journey to see a baby? <laughs> it was the fact that the baby was God with us. 
It was the fact that God was no longer far away. It was the fact that he was no longer a distant, a distant, uninvolved creator. He was not just watching over you anymore. It was the fact that God was with you. In fact, scripture says, and, and John, John writes, writes, it writes it like this. He says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. God literally dwelt among us. I love what the message translation says. The message translation says, the word became flesh and it says, moved into the neighborhood. I love that picture. This idea that God literally moved in. And all of a sudden, Matthew gives these people this fact that God is now with you. And it's the best news ever. You know, the problem is, even today, the problem with this story is that I think as Christians, so many of us take this idea for granted. That God is with us. He's with us. God be with me as I do this. God is with us. And I think the fact, I think we take it for granted because honestly, if we could be transparent this morning, a lot of us, we know that, but do we really believe it? Do we really believe that God is right here with us? Yeah, and I would even say that some of us in this room, we, we really don't even believe that God is with us. And here's the reasons why. Because we've all got good reasons, you know? So, so many of us, we feel like God is not with us because a lot of us, uh, half, half the time, some of us, some of us, we come to a church service like this and we set through worship and we see everybody lifting their hands and having a good time and we don't feel anything. And we're like, well, is, I don't even know, is God with me? Is God really with me? Some of us, we don't feel like God is with us because we're what we're going through. You know, maybe we're going through a trial or something at home or we're going through something with our kids or our family and we're like, well, I, I, how could God even be with me? Maybe for you, it, it, it was, it, it's something different. Maybe for you, you're just, you, you've done something wrong and you're just ashamed of what you've done. And you feel like, well, God could never be with me because, I mean, he knows what I've done. There's no way that he could ever be with me. Can I encourage you today? And before you leave, I just hope you understand. I want you to know that God is with you. He is with you. That is the story of Christmas, everybody. This idea that Jesus, Emmanuel, God is with us. God is, God was, and God will be with you. Emmanuel, God with us. All right? If you're taking notes, here's the first thing to take down in your notes. It's simply this. It's that God is with you. God is with you. Jot that down. And then let's take a look at Luke chapter 1, verse 28. It says this. It says, the angel went to her. This is Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. This is the first time. This is the time where Mary would be told that she is going to give birth to the Son of God. Now, can you picture this with me? Mary is this teenage girl, right? She is about to get married to Joseph. She's, she's engaged to be married. And all of a sudden, an angel shows up 
and is about to tell her <laughs> that her life is about to drastically change, everybody. She's about to give birth to the Son of God. Here's what I want you to notice in this story. The angel doesn't show up and say, Hey, Mary, you're about to give birth to the Son of, the, <laughs> the Son of God. He doesn't start with that, right? No, he starts with something else. He says, Hey, Mary, greetings you who are highly favored. First, you need to know the Lord is with you. The very first thing the angel gives to this young girl is, I think, essential. Because he's about to, she is about to do something so difficult. Her life is about to change forever, everybody. And I think the first thing that the angel says is very essential to this girl. He says, the Lord is with you. Before she goes through any of the pain of having Jesus, before she goes through the pain of seeing him suffer and die on a cross, the first thing, the first message that's ever sent to her is the fact, hey Mary, the Lord is with you. You see, some of you, this is just where you are right now. Some of you, you're not going to need the rest. <laughs> you don't even need the rest of the message. Some of you, you're right in the middle of something that's hurting you right now. And you're asking God, God, why don't you show me this situation? Why don't you show me how I'm going to get out of this? Why don't you show me my next step? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And God's showing up today. And he might not have the answers for you today. But he's showing up with the assurance. And saying, listen, if an angel could come to you right now. I am, I am the Lord's servant. Pretend I am the angel right now. This is what the Lord would say to you. Don't be afraid. I am with you. I see what you're going through. You're about to go through something. Your life is about to change. But I am with you. Some of you, that's just what you need to know right now. You need to know that the Lord is with you in a very powerful way. You know, Scripture says that our God, Scripture literally says that our God is the God of comfort who comforts us in any trial. You know what that word comfort there literally translated means? Comfort literally translated means to come alongside. So you know what happens when we go through trials? <laughs> Scripture literally says that our God is a God of comfort, right? He comes alongside of us. He's not distant. <laughs> He's not just waving down from heaven and saying, good luck. No, he comes alongside of us in the middle of our trouble. And again, many people, even Christians, simply just don't believe that. And can I tell you how I know? <laughs> because honestly, if you really believe that, it would change the way that you live your life. It would change the way that you do everything. Listen, when you understand that the God of the universe, the all-knowing, the all-powerful, the ever-present God is with you, that changes everything. It changes everything. And so what I love to do when I get the opportunity to, is I love these moments in service where I get to show you some spiritual, some, some scriptural truth. And uh, so I don't have time to give you 
all the verses behind this, behind all these, all this truth here. Because if not, we'd be here. You, you'd be very hungry and mad at me, everybody. You'd be you're ready for lunch. But I, I want to I define what that means for God to be with us. And so I jotted a few things down in my notes. I want you to understand, this is what Scripture says. This is not what Pastor Noah says. This is what Scripture says. Scripture, talks to, uh, scripture says things like this. Scripture says that when you are alone, that God can be with us as your companion. That when you're lost, God is with you as your guide. That when you're weak, the Bible says literally that when you are weak, that is when he is made strong. So when you're weak, he's with you as your strength. When you're sick, he's with you as healing. When you're hurt, he's with you as hope. When, you're, when you fall into sin and darkness, he's with you as your savior. He's with you. He's with you and he's with you. He is with you. That's the first one. If you're taking notes, here's the second one here. Simply this, God was with you. God was with you. This is my favorite point today because I think this is the one that every single person can identify with. When you look back, say you've got this rear view mirror on your life. When you look in the rear view mirror of your life, you can literally begin to see how God was with you. And I think the cool thing about this point is the fact that whether you're a Christian or not, most people can recognize that through their life, it wasn't themselves doing all the work. Instead, it was something even, and if I hear non-Christians talk about all the time, well, there was a higher power that saved me from this or something told me not to do this or something told me not to do that or whatever. Can I spoil it for you, everybody? <laughs> Maybe it was the power of the Holy Spirit. Maybe it was God himself who was with you in the middle of that. Can I just tell you, look back over your lifetime. I, I, sometimes it's easier to see God in the past than it is in the present. If you would just begin to look back over your lifetime. In fact, there's a great story in the Old Testament in Genesis about a guy named Joseph. Everybody's heard, probably heard of Joseph before. I don't have time to give you the full story, but I'm going to give you the little rundown of it. Joseph, God called Joseph to be a leader. And uh, there's, Joseph gets this coat of many colors. And uh, many of you probably colored the coat in Sunday school at one point. Went through some type of activity like that. It's a very cool story. I'd encourage you this week, go read the story of Joseph. It's an amazing story. But Joseph, he, God called him to be this great and mighty leader. However, as soon as he's called to do this, he goes and runs and tells his brothers that he's going to rule over them. Now, how do you think that went with a bunch of older brothers? Not very well, right? Joseph tells his older brothers. His older brothers get mad. They beat him. They throw him in a pit. And then they sell him into slavery. Now, that's horrible in itself. But his life doesn't stop there. He's in slavery for most of his life. And then he finally kind of gets somewhere in his life. He's serving in the palace. And all of a sudden, he's falsely accused. And where he's serving in the palace. And he gets thrown into prison. And the whole story of Joseph, if you, if you would look back at the whole story of Joseph from a distance, it's really easy to say... You know what? Where was God in the middle of all that? 
As you're reading through it, it's like, where was God in throwing Joseph into slavery? Where was God when Joseph was falsely accused and thrown into prison? Where is God in the middle of all these trials? And what you have to see is the story over the whole course of Joseph's life. And when you can begin to see the story over the entire part of Joseph's life, you begin to realize that God was actually working behind the scenes. Because you find out at the end of the story that the very pit that Joseph would be thrown into, the pit literally becomes a passage to the palace where he would end up serving second in command to the leader of Egypt. And God would use... Can I tell you, a very, very indirect route to get him there, <laughs> a route that you wouldn't imagine like the second in command person would be sold into slavery and be thrown into prison. Like you wouldn't imagine that would work, but God used that very indirect route to not only get him in charge there, but he would actually end up saving a countless number of people from a massive famine, including the very family that threw him into the pit to begin with. How could God use it? You wonder, where is God? Where was God in all of that? But when you can see the full story, you see, where, where was God in all that? In fact, I brought you a scripture from that, from that idea. Genesis chapter 39, verse 21 says this, but the Lord, where was he? <laughs> Where was he the whole time that Joseph was in the pit? Where was he when he was struggling? Where was he? The Lord was with Joseph. And he showed him mercy. And he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Where was God in all of it? Right there with Joseph. And you know, when you look back over your life, I think you can see the very same thing. Where you didn't see it in the moment, but when you look back, you can see that God was actually with you. You know, I was thinking about that last night as I was preparing this message. I was thinking of all the different times that God was with me. And can I just tell you that there have been some very small, ridiculous things that I have done that God has still been with me. And I was thinking, I was thinking about my, life, my personal life and I was thinking about where we are as a church. And I jotted a few of them down and I was just thinking about, <laughs> I mean, just as a church, there's a little over, it's been over three years ago now when we started this church. I, <laughs> there was a group of us who had no church starting <laughs> experience. <laughs> No, like no education or anything like that. No money. And honestly, not a lot of people either. (laughs) But God was with us, right? And he was there with us. And I was thinking about how when we took a big step of faith really early on in our church. And we had, we we were going to, we were going to buy a building. And I remember on our way, we, we had settled on a number and we were on our way to the abstract company to sign the papers and to give the check. And the money wasn't there, everybody. We were there in the morning and I was prepared with a personal check to make up the difference. 
And it was like a significant amount. Pretty much all that I had, everybody. I didn't have a lot being your pastor for free for two years. Uh, so I was going to make up the difference. And uh, on our way, I was with dad. We were getting ready to sign the papers. On our way, dad said, well, let's go check the mail. We were a little bit early. So we went to the little P.O. box. And in the P.O. box, a check for the exact amount we needed was there. Where was God? <laughs> right there with us. Man, I remember even just the things that were my fault. I got into a wreck a couple of years ago. A truck slammed right into the side of my little Ford Mustang, right into the driver's side. I mean, it was one of those moments. Have you ever been in a wreck or anything like that before? Like your life flashes before your eyes. Like you think you're dead. I thought I was dying. And, uh, the car didn't make it, but I walked out and I didn't have an injury, everybody. Where was God? <laughs> Where was he? He was right there with us. I remember when just, I mean, it's been, a, it's, now I can say it's been a couple years ago when COVID hit. And uh, we made a joke about it at the Christmas, at our uh, staff Christmas party. I said, when COVID hit, I said, we will shut the church doors over my dead body. And the next week, we sh <laughs> that next day, I said, we can't, we're not going to have church. Everything's, everything's closed down. And uh, I remember when we closed the church down, we had no live streaming equipment, everybody. We literally had the ability to do nothing. Uh, I, I, when we started this church, I'm like, we're never going to do the live stream thing. You're welcome, everybody out there. <laughs> but uh, I just said we were never going to do it. And uh, so we didn't buy any. We had, we had no equipment, no nothing. And uh, all of a sudden, <laughs> on Saturday, we decide that all of a sudden we can't have church. We're shut down. And uh, I remember God making a way through our iPhones, everybody. <laughs> we filmed an entire service on four people's iPhones. And guess what? God made a way. And he was with us. I thought about this year. You know, this year hasn't been the best year for myself personally and our family. We've had lots of different trials and different things happen this year. Um, I remember early this year, we prayed. And I remember how, I remember how God with, was with us as we prayed for my grandpa who had cancer. And he was there with us. I remember that how he was there with us when we asked God, that God, would you just heal him? Just give him a little longer with us. He was with us then. Can I tell you that God was also with us when grandpa passed this year? And God was with us as I preached hope at his funeral. He was with us all the way. Can I tell you, not just that, and, but God was with us as a church as we saw over a hundred people give their lives to Christ in this room, everybody. This year, this year in those seats that you're sitting in, over a hundred people made a decision. They marked the connect card in front of you and told us that they gave their life to Christ this year. Can I tell you, God was with us. He was with us. He is with you and he was with you. And I share that with you today because man, how awesome would it be before you walk into 2022 
how awesome would it be for you to recognize how God has been with you this year? Take a moment, recognize that, you know what, I thought I, thought I was all by myself, but I see the hand of God. I see how he was with me. God is with you. God was with you. And I got to wrap this up. God will be with you. Okay, would you just think about for me for just a minute? What if you could just see the future? <laughs> I would love to see. I, don't you just wish that you would? Man, I would just love to see how God is going to use me in 2022. I'd love to see what God is going to do in my life in the next year. Don't you think Mary would have loved to seen that when the angel came to her? said, you're going to have this baby. What if Mary could have seen the future? What if Mary could have seen that, you know what? God is going to be with me as I, as I give birth to this child in a manger, everybody. God's going to be with me as, as I, I literally go on the run to save this child from his death. What if Mary could have seen like, you know what? God is going to be with me even when I lose my child. <laughs> you remember that story about how Mary, Mary and Joseph, they lost Jesus. He was in the temple talking to the, talking to the chief priests and teachers of the law and they were just on their way back home. <laughs> God was with Mary. What if, what if Mary could have seen that? What if Mary could have seen the future? What if she could have seen that, you know what? God is gonna be with me as I watch my son heal people and set people free. What if she could have seen, like, you know what? I, God is going to be with me as I, as I watch my son be falsely accused. God is going to be with me as I watch my son die on a cross while I'm at his feet. God is going to be with me as I wait. <laughs> One day, two days, three days, right? God is going to be with me when I see the tomb empty and my son rose from the dead. What if Mary could have seen that, that God would, will be with her? I tell you that today and I tell you the story of Mary's life. I tell you the story of Joseph's life, not Joseph, the, the, the dad of Jesus. No, the Joseph, the, the, the Joseph in Genesis, but I tell you though, both of those stories today because I want you to see that everything you go through, God will be with you. He will be with you. In fact, look at what Paul says. He gives us some encouragement in Romans chapter eight, verse 35. He says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble our hardship? Church shall persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword. No, Paul says, in all these things, who are we? We're more than conquerors through him who loved us. And he says, for I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of Christ that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What does Paul say? <laughs> what can separate you? What, what can cause God not to be with you? Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Well, Pastor Noah, but I feel like I doubt all the time. I feel like I doubt who God is. 
I feel like that separates me from God. Does it separate you? No, nothing. But I feel like this sickness separates me from God. No, nothing separates. But I feel like the, all the mistakes that I've made, no, nothing. But I'm very insecure, but I, I've gone through this. I feel like a failure. I feel like I've sinned against him. Does that separate me? No, nothing separates you from the love of God. In fact, scripture teaches us things. Scripture literally says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You know, that means that you're never gonna be alone. Scripture also says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, some of you, you've walked, you feel like 2021 has been a valley through the shadow. <laughs> I've walked through the valley of the shadow of death. But the scripture says, for I will fear no evil for you are with me. Our God is with us. He is Emmanuel. That's the Christmas story, everybody. He is with us. There's no doubt in my mind that he is with you. But the real question today, I, I, listen, I don't think there's any question that God is with us. I think the real question today is, are you with him? He's with you. Are you with him? And I think it's time before you go into 2022 to give the honest answer. Are you with him? Because he's with you. He's Emmanuel. God with us and he wants you to be with him can i pray for you this morning with heads bowed eyes closed father i thank you for every person in this room god i thank you for this year god i thank you that today we recognize that in the great moments and in the bad moments you were always with us God, you've been with us in the past. And Lord, we recognize that because you've been with us in the past, Lord, we know that you're going to be with us in the future. And so, Lord, we commit our 2022 to you today. God, we say whatever this next year brings us, Lord, we give it to you. God, we can't move on without you. And so, Lord... We know you were in our past. Lord, we commit to you in our present. But Lord, right now in this room, we recognize that you're with us in this moment. Lord, through the power of your Holy Spirit, you're touching our hearts. You're changing our lives. God, you do what only you can do in this room right now. Lord, we love you. We take time to hear from you. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in this room. I thank you for what you're doing in this place. God, I thank you that as we step into 2022 as a church, that you're going to use us, that you're going to lead us, that you're going to guide us and direct us. Lord, we love you. We thank you so much for these things. In Jesus' name. Hey, with your heads bowed, eyes closed, if you're in this room and you say, I've never truly given my life to Jesus. I've never truly recognized that he's with me. Can I tell you that the Bible talks about how when Jesus left, when Jesus died on the cross, saved you from your sins, 
Then he rose again three days later. And then when he went to heaven, he promised us a gift, a gift of the Holy Spirit. If I could best describe the Holy Spirit, the, 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 the couple words that I would tell you about it is that the Holy Spirit is your best friend. He's a person that's with you constantly. When I talk about God with us, I'm talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you today, you don't have to leave here alone. You can leave here with the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you and God will be with you. In fact, the Bible promises that to you. In scripture, it says that when you believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that you can be saved, that the power of the Holy Spirit comes inside of you and you'll be different today. So if that's you today and you say, I want that, you say, I've never had that before and I'm ready to leave with God with me. If that's you, we're going to pray a very simple prayer. Pray it, mean it in your heart. That's what will happen to you today. If that's you in this room, heads bowed, eyes closed all over this room. Pray this and mean it. Church, because we believe it, would you pray this after me? Repeat this after me. Repeat it aloud. Say, dear God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on a cross for me. But I believe that you raised him from the dead. Say this and mean it. Say, Jesus, I make you my Lord. I give you my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for giving me the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Would you get it up for all the people who prayed that prayer today?